Chapter Thirty of A Dash for a Throne by Arthur W. Marchmont. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Caroline. Chapter Thirty, The End. When I reached Minna's house, I had an experience that at first amused me. I could not, of course any longer treat the house as my own nor look on myself as having any right to enter and i found the servants very reluctant to admit me at all and it was only after some difficulty that i succeeded in getting shown into a room close to the door while they said they would carry my message i waited in some little fever of impatience and when the delay had grown into minutes i began to wonder that minna should take so coolly the fact of my return and the news she must know i should carry i saw the explanation however when the door was opened and the baroness graz sailed in pompous and very angry what can be your business here now she asked staring at me through her eyeglass i have come to see minna i replied with an inclination to smile at her conduct i am astounded that you should have the assurance to come here after your egregious imposture of course you do not expect to see her indeed i do i said quickly and as soon as possible and pray in what character now this with a contemptuous and insulting curl of the lip i paused to give my reply the great emphasis in a double character a messenger from his majesty the emperor and as her affianced husband you are not her affianced husband and i will not suffer that tale to be told in my presence as for the rest it is more like a play-actor's story you imposed upon us too long you will not do it again she said this very angrily indeed and added almost spitefully the countess does not wish to see you in this case i am afraid she cannot choose i answered the empress business cannot wait upon any prejudices for or against his messengers there was a little stretch of authority insinuated in this moreover i am bound to say that i prefer to have her decision straight from herself you suggest that i lie suppose she cried her eyes flashing you are too brave a man not to seize a chance of insulting a defenceless woman that is your stage chivalry but you will find i am not so defenceless as you suppose she rang the bell sharply twice and then somewhat to my surprise and a good deal to my pleasure the baron heckscher was shown in i am told you wish to see me baroness he said ignoring my presence i wish you to tell this person what we have decided as to his prosecution i swung around on him instantly i am glad there is a man to deal with how dare you presume to meddle in my affairs baron heckscher 
really but how shall i call you not the prince any longer i presume then what and he regarded me with an insolent smile his majesty the emperor within the last few minutes has been good enough to call me by my own name the count von rudloff that may be a precedent good enough for even you to follow he stared at me in blank astonishment the fact that i had been closeted with the emperor might mean everything to him and at the thought all other considerations were dwarfed i enjoyed his discomfiture all his insolence disappeared you do not believe what he says surely cried the vindictive old lady when he made no immediate answer for he stood in great perplexity what course to take toward me you will see you cannot remain here in the face of the baroness's attitude he said to me at length with an air that was half truculent and half deprecatory i laughed i see you are vastly disconcerted to hear that i have had an audience with his majesty and have left him under circumstances that augur ill for you and well you may be i added meaningly you dare to meddle in my matters at a time when you will need all your wits to save your own from shipwreck but i have had enough of you and of this folly i now demand in the name of the emperor to see the countess minna von gramberg and if you attempt to stop me i said sternly to the baroness graz the consequences may be far more grave than you think her anger and dislike of me gave her plenty of courage however and she still set me at defiance abusing me for an impostor and a cheat and when i declared that if they did not take my message to minna i would myself go straight to her rooms she planted herself in front of the door and dared me to attempt to leave it for that purpose and vowed she would call the servants if i would not go away the situation began to verge upon the ridiculous despite the fact that it was in a measure embarrassing i could not for the moment see what to do and was debating this in my thoughts when a sudden turn was given to matters by the entrance of minna herself the door being opened from without ah minna i cried hastening to her the baroness graz stepped in between us however and lifted her hand as to keep me away the countess is here in my charge she cried to me and while that is so i forbid you to go near her but love laughs at prohibitions a moment later we were hand-locked and she had read in my glad face that my news was good then she turned angrily upon the baroness her face flushed and her eyes shining you have no right to interfere with me she said her words shortly and sharply spoken i have just heard to my intense indignation that you have even ventured to tell my servants who shall and who shall not enter my house is this true so far as it relates to this person of course it is true you are in my charge and it is my duty 
you have mistaken your duty and overstepped your privileges you have no right to give such orders and to do it in my name you must have known as well as i that the last man in the world against whom my door would ever be shut would be my affianced husband and she raised her head and stood very erect looking rarely beautiful in her pride and happiness i did it to save you from the wiles of an adventurer who silence aunt graz and shame to you for those words cried minna hotly it was this adventurer as you dare to say who saved me from the hands of the villain whose schemes you helped and from the cowardly double plot of the baron heckscher there as for you sir if you knew the character of your puppet and tool von nauheim as i firmly believe you did she cried to baron heckscher there are no words bad enough to paint the infamous vileness of your treachery while pretending to conspire in my interest and while professing loyalty to me and mine you plotted to ruin and dishonour me and when i find you here to-day i can only believe you have some further abominable motive or plot against me and that you are here to suborn some of those about me for your purposes be good enough to leave the house i have come to protest to you he began in reply i decline to listen to you sir she interrupted with quiet dignity he stood a moment scowling viciously and then with an ugly glance at me said your nameless friend here i have already told you i broke in angrily that i am the count von rudloff and that the emperor himself has addressed me in my name i have known for some time all the facts as to this added minna a swift flash from her eyes telling me her delight at the news and of the load of infinite obligation i owe to the count von rudloff not the least part of it is for the defeat and exposure of your schemes against me be good enough to spare me the necessity of bidding my servants expel you from the house you had better go baron i put in you will probably find at your house by this time a summons to the empress presence for he has heard from me the whole story of your acts this statement completed his disquiet and without another word he hurried away you will be troubled by him no more minna i said i bring you the best of news the emperor has given a personal pledge to answer for your safety and to uphold your interests the emperor she cried in a tone of surprise more than that i have told him all and he has acknowledged my title and i showed her the imperial letter her face shone with pride and delight i can forgive every one now for it has all ended so splendidly for you she said for us i corrected and she acknowledged the correction with a blush and a smile of love which exasperated the baroness graz who had been listening to us in indignant silence then i suppose you have no more use for me she declared 
with an angry toss of the head as she turned to leave us i am afraid you yourself have made it difficult for you to share in my happiness in our happiness i mean said minna gently i am so happy that i have no room for any thought on that score but regret that it should be so you were always an ungrateful girl minna replied the old lady very ungraciously bitter to the end against me and i have no wish to share with you or deprive you of any part of such happiness as you may expect to find in company with a man who is sometimes play-actor sometimes prince and always an impostor and with that parting taunt she flung away poor aunt graz sighed minna then she put her hands in mine and nestling close to me asked with a winsome coquettishness am i ungrateful karl my answer may be guessed and it took long in telling but we returned after a time to the ways of common sense and then i told her what had passed during the audience with the kaiser that i was to travel for a year and then return to berlin to take up formally my old title and position at first the news brought a cloud to her happy face a year is a long time karl she murmured shall you never be in either munich or gramberg all that time i think not i expect it means at least a year away from the fatherland she was silent and looked almost sad but a year will soon pass i whispered a gesture of pretty reproach answered me if you would make a little sacrifice it would help i think sacrifice she echoed not catching my meaning and when i did not reply she lifted her head from my shoulder and peered into my eyes her own full of curiosity you used to pride yourself on reading my secrets said i she thought a minute then a look of wonderment shone in her eyes followed almost directly by a great glad blush that spread all over her face dyeing her cheeks with crimson and driving her to hide them against my shoulder i don't guess this one she said but i was sure she had don't won't then she murmured into my coat lapel it could not be yet of course said i but in three months you said sacrifice she interrupted and glanced up with a quick darting of the eyes it would have to be very quiet very very quiet it is no sacrifice to travel in company and there we left it but we knew well enough each other's hopes and desires to accomplish our purpose called for some little tact and effort because the emperor was for having minna taken to berlin when the munich troubles had been arranged 
his prompt and drastic measures soon settled these indeed an official announcement was made that the king had been suffering from an indisposition but had happily recovered completely and a couple of days later saw him back at the palace but with a change in the executive which was calculated to work vastly beneficial results for the country the heckscher party was broken up their influence destroyed and their leaders dealt with secretly but in some cases none the less severely the question of the succession to the throne was settled upon a sound basis one of the points being the renunciation by minna of all the gramberg claims and it was in settling this that the matter of her marriage was mooted and the imperial consent gained to her becoming my wife we succeeded too in getting the necessary interval fixed at three months the time passed very pleasantly it was the sweetest preface to a lifelong romance as the outcome of the dash we had made for the throne i had one or two arrangements to complete and in some respects the most difficult of these was in regard to the corsican praga i could not retain him in my service because of his association with the death of minna's brother while well, i hoped too that the time would never recur when i might have need for his clever sharp ready sword i told him the case plainly and he was too careless to make demur he was going to marry and settle in berlin he assured me his bride was to be the actress clara whalen who had made her peace with him in the score of her act of treachery and he meant to be the greatest fencing-master in berlin he declared i gave him as a wedding present a considerable sum of money and we parted with many assurances characteristic and voluble on his part that he would ever be devoted to me and my interests steinitz i kept with me as secretary and von krugen was to remain as guardian of our interests at gramberg there was one commission we gave to the two just before our marriage to go to charm and endeavour to bring the real von fromberg to munich to be present at the marriage minna and i were together when they started and she was looking more radiant and beautiful than ever in the anticipative joy of the marriage i gave them full instructions and then with a smile i turned to von krugen be more careful this time i said and be sure you bring the right man i could not have brought a better man last time count he replied and in the tone and earnestness spoke all the regard and esteem of a stanch and sincere friend what do you say to that minna i asked as they drove off a happier mistake was never made but i don't want him to do it again the only throne i care for is one now and reaching up on tiptoe she put her face to mine for a tribute of my loyalty and i paid it willingly the end 
End of chapter 30. End of A Dash for a Throne by Arthur W. Marchmont. Recorded by Carolyn in January and February 2013 in Oldenburg, Germany. Thanks for listening.